1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are previewing the game in this episode, Michigan versus Ohio State. After last night's college football playoff rankings, this, this will indeed be the first top five matchup in Michigan Stadium since 2003. So, cannot, The stakes really can't get much bigger. They they really can't. I mean, I guess both teams could be undefeated, but but ten to one's pretty darn close. in, in today's college football, uh, the winner will be a heavy favorite in the Big Ten title game against either Iowa, Wisconsin, or I guess there's a small chance Minnesota. The loser is probably going to the Rose Bowl. It's kind of kind of in a in a twist of irony uh, the, these two teams are playing for Pasadena, but the loser goes probably goes to Pasadena, not the. Um, not the winner. The winner keeps their national title hopes alive. Their college football playoff hopes alive. But regardless, this is a, it's a matchup that cannot be overstated. So instead of hyping it up over and over, we'll, we'll talk about what we think is going to happen. You know, The first half of this episode will be committed to some of the, the keys on the offense, offensive side of the ball, along with our thoughts on how Michigan's offense matches up against Ohio State's defense. The second half of the episode will be Michigan's defense versus the offense. And, and our final thoughts and predictions for the game, Steve, we can jump right into it. We, we have our over unders provided by our good friend, Neil via Zool on our message board over at the Michigan insider.com sports.com. I am looking, this is my personal opinion. I am looking at this as a game where Michigan, they're really going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Ohio state, has held, I mean, last week they held Michigan State to 66 rushing yards and 3.1 yards per carry. No team since the first two weeks of the season, because they were terrible against the run against Minnesota and Oregon, but no team since has had more than 113 rushing yards, and I believe six of the eight Big Ten teams that they've faced since then have not even gotten 3.5 yards per carry. Michigan's going to have to run the ball in general, because that's how football works. And that's how this team is, is built. But the over under here is 37.5 passing attempts for Cade McNamara. And, and Steve, I, I guess some of this depends on how many throws JJ McCarthy attempts, but I think, I think I'm going to take the over on this one. 37.5 passing attempts. I think not only is this a game where, where Cade will throw the ball a lot, partly due to the situation, I think it's also a game where, where Michigan can have some success throwing the ball. I'll read the numbers in just a moment that will go in a story I'm writing later today, but Ohio state, not anywhere close to elite against the pass, not even close. Every, you know, the past six games, every first string starting quarterback seems to be able to get to 250 passing yards. You're talking about Maryland, Purdue, Penn state had a nice, nice game passing the ball. Uh, Michigan State, not, not quite as much, but, but really Nebraska had a nice game throwing the ball. I think there's an opportunity here, and I think if Michigan is game planning, I know, I know you love the run game. We'll talk about the run game in just a second, how, how that dictates the, the end goal of this matchup. But there are some serious opportunities in coverage, especially the way Michigan's been throwing the ball late. 37.5 passing attempts for Cade McNamara over or under for you?
0: I'm gonna go under, but slightly under. I agree. So it's funny is I think I think these teams are in the opposite, it's an opposite type deal. I think Michigan may have to throw to set up the run a little bit. That being said, you talk about Ohio State really rebounding after uh, Minnesota and Oregon. I mean, to be fair, most of the teams they've played since then are literally among the nation's worst rushing teams in the country. And the thing with Michigan That's State, true. the yep. thing with Michigan State is that that game got so out of hand so quickly that I, I don't think Michigan's. I don't think running the football was really in Michigan as good as Walker is. You know, teams always abandon the run game uh, when they're getting their butts kicked. You know, it's just a way to, an easier way to move the football down the field. You, know, I see Penn State, I see Purdue, I see Indiana, Maryland, all ranked. Indiana's ranked 109th in the country rushing. And uh, the other three, the other three of those teams are ranked below. Um, that's very true. <laughs> Ohio State, you know, has not necessarily faced a a rushing attack as as good as Michigan's this year. Honestly, at least statistically. So, again, I think yeah, I think I mean I'm, that's not to say Ohio State is not going to be able to stop Michigan running the football because I just said I, I think Michigan will have to throw to open it up because I suspect Ohio state is going to try to shut Michigan's running game down. So I'll say under, but I, I do think he throws the wall. I don't know what his average amount of attempts this year is, but I do think he'll be above his season
1: average. Well, it's, it's well below 37.5. Yeah, it's I actually figured, a very, it's a very high over under, uh, but I'm, I'm taking it. And, and Steve, I know you just mentioned with, with Michigan state. I mean, it's not, it, implausible that Michigan also falls behind early Um, I think so uh, in recent years it seems like they've held on for the first half but I I, this could be a game where Michigan's trailing more than they've trailed all season the number to watch in the passing game for me this is actually my key to Michigan's offense in this game and and Steve whenever the over-unders whenever we get to a part where you want to talk about your key feel free but the key to me I think is going to be how Michigan fares in the short passes because those five of the last six opponents, Ohio state has faced. Cause I'm not counting Indiana who was down to their third string and then fourth string quarterback in that game. To me, I'm looking at the Maryland Purdue Michigan state uh, Nebraska and Penn state. All of their quarterbacks kind of have similar passer rating, passer efficiency stats as Cade McNamara. And here is how they have done on passes. Well, one to, I'm going to start with one to nine yards downfield. They have gone 61 for 78 for 567 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, a 153.63 passer rating. For, for those who don't know, college passer rating, 150 and up is winning football. That is that is good winning football top 40 passing offense. So for Ohio State to allow such a high passer rating on on short passes. These aren't even the over the top, you know, uh, 20 yard bombs downfield. These are just passes less than 10 yards downfield. That to me is, is not just they aren't elite, that's a weakness. And, and I'll read these stats Cade McNamara on those same passes the last three games. So since, since Michigan lost and, and kind of readjusted its offense, he's 31 for 40. For 286 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating of 170.6, which is a great passer rating. To me, if, if those passes are there, I think Michigan's got a, got a real shot to move the football and score. And, and you know, we'll talk about keeping up with Ohio State later, but, but score enough to be in the game. And, and what, what's been key to me, and I noticed this against Penn State and, and Maryland especially, comfort throwing to the running backs. It's on Haskins with a chip pass block and then goes out for a dump route. Seven yards, picks it up easily. Donovan Edwards, we saw the game he had. I think the tight ends, you know, Luke Schoonmaker, just right over the offensive line. Or Eric All, you know, I mean, they, they won the game against Penn State on one of those passes. And, and I think... Sometimes it looks like Cade McNamara is not seeing stuff downfield to fans because, uh, you know, or taking the easy way out. I think he's taking what the defense is giving him. I, I think teams have seen enough of Michigan's deep ball that they're guarding that. I think they're stacking the box and trying to, trying to you know rush the pocket really hard because they've seen how, how Michigan runs the ball. And I think that there's these little openings here and there. Ohio State linebackers not great in coverage so far michigan's aren't either this isn't like a, a picking on ohio state but if they you know i don't know if the the big deep fade or the or the deep post route is going to work I, I think ohio State's defense is quick enough to snuff out screen passes you know even if there is an opening i think ohio state can close it faster than a lot of teams but if you can get those linebackers those slot corners a little confused in coverage I think there are going to be openings to pass the ball. I think that's where Donovan Edwards breakout game was so valuable for Michigan, not just that Ohio state has to plan for that, but that he can make a difference in this game. I don't know that he will, but he can, I think those passes are going to be there. So to me, and if Ohio state prioritizes stopping those passes, then something else is going to be open. But so to me, my biggest key for Michigan's offense is Cade McNamara doesn't need the giant place. Just find the open man, even if it's five yards downfield. Because even if it's like a seven-yard pickup, that allows you to be more unpredictable offensively. You can you can disguise whether you're going to run or pass. It's not you're avoiding thir- you know three and outs or third and longs. You know you're avoiding standard passing downs. Where where I do think Ohio State has I don't think their defensive line is what it's been in the past. But I think if it's third and nine, I think they have the athletes to send it and and, and cause trouble. So. Yeah, to me, I think those, those short passes, kind of over the middle, there's some stuff that'll be, to, you know, kind of to the sidelines and stuff. But I think that's going to be a big key for Michigan, not just because Michigan's gotten really good at it, but because I think the opportunity will be there. So that's, can I, that's can my I say, key. Can I oh, say, sure,
0: go ahead. Add on to your key. You know what I think this all says to me? I think there's going to be a deep shot open early. Yeah, Michigan's going to expected to try to run the football as they have all year and their short-to-intermediate passing game has been, well, elite, it sounds like, um, not to, like that with, even without your true freshman back having a breakout game in that regard last week. I, I think this says that Michigan may have an opportunity to go deep early in the game because Ohio State's going to be creeping up. You know, I'm so injured, with I'm, that,
1: right? Steve, one of our over-unders is 49.5 yards for Michigan's longest offensive play. Do they get that?
0: I'm going to say over. I think they hit on one. I, it doesn't, you know, when and if, or when that happens, I don't know. I just, I would not be surprised if they maybe went play. I could, I mean, eh, first play of the game might be a little too obvious, (laughs) but I could see them early in the game, uh, you know, a play action and going deep. You know, I I really do. I, I think it's a, it makes a ton of sense. It makes, I think it's one of those plays that if you're Michigan, you have to run it at some point, right? You have to you have to make them account for the possibility of stretch in the field, uh, because if you don't, they'll just creep up and they'll keep creeping up, and it's going it'll be harder and harder to to find space even in that intermediate passing game if they're not going to respect Michigan deep and their pass defense, as you said, uh, Denzel Burke is a hell of a freshman. I mean, they they Ohio State always even though they recruit at an elite level, uh, even the guys that I think, I don't know where Burke ended up ranked. He was, I think he was decently ranked, but he wasn't like a five-star national name. They always seem to find the right kids at that spot. And, uh, he's going to be their next really, really good one, but there are holes in that passing game. And I think in the deep to intermediate routes for sure. So I'll say over, I think Michigan does hit on one and, uh, you know I think but I do I just think it's imperative that they that they attempt it and that they attempt it uh, early. I think it's gotta be early. you can't wait and do it because I think you have if you're really gonna offensively approach this game and make Ohio State's really gonna have to account for everything um, that everything can't be an array of stuff that's just 10, 15 yards within the line of scrimmage uh, it, whether it's running the football or, or the short stuff you gotta stretch it out just like running the football or anything else you got to make you got to keep that front that the that back seven you got to keep them honest so i'll say over yeah. i think that, i think they get one
1: if if the option is there go for broke absolutely uh, and i i agree with you i think if you're really I, it will be telling to me whether michigan feel is is embracing kind of the underdog go for broke mentality or thinks that their methodic, a more methodical approach will work. It'll it'll be telling early on. I frankly, I don't know if they can keep up with a track meet. But at the same time, methodical. There's always that risk that you just don't get the first down. I mean, you you know, you spent all season. Michigan quietly third in the country and one off the nation's lead in plays of fifty yards or more this season. They have fourteen. Ohio State, and I, I believe it was Florida International, uh, have 15 each. And so, yeah, I think there's, there's some value there. I'm actually going to take the under. It's just a hard thing to predict. I mean, they're averaging more than one per game, but Ohio State's only given up five all season. Um, I don't, And they've, they've played some teams that obviously were playing aggressive and going for the big play. So I am going to take the under. Similar vein though with with this passing attack, eleven point five catches for Michigan running backs and tight ends. Is that? I I'm going to take the over because that would be kind of silly if that was my key to the game, and and then I didn't take the over on the. It's a high number though. It is high. I mean, to to predict twelve catches for the running backs and tight ends, but what we've seen over the past few weeks, that's that's something Michigan has has done, especially when they're playing teams that are good in coverage like Penn State. I think Penn State they don't allow a lot of deep passes. I I think Ohio State they've allowed a few. Like Purdue had 5 passes of 20 more yards downfield. But the you know the last 6 opponents they face other than Purdue have combined for 4. So I I do think this will be somewhere Michigan goes to a few times. I'm not saying it will be effective every time but I I think they have good tight ends they have good pass catching running backs I'm going to take the over on 11.5 what say you
0: I'll also go over I have a hard if Blake Corum plays which I'm based on the fact that he was dressed last week I think I think Michigan sat him out of luxury last Saturday Um, if all three of those guys are available I yeah I, I could I just I think we might see some two back sets I mean I think we'll see some different stuff but yeah I mean you know Schoonmaker's emergence i think has been really important along on the other side of eric all uh, but yeah they have a lot of different guys they can get the ball to in that regard i think you'll see uh, i think you'll see over the the over the number was it 11 and a half yep man that's a lot but yeah, I, i'm still going to go with the over
1: all right next one let's take a look at this running game top two running backs for michigan run for 139.5 yards combined so In a a sense, this is just asking, do the running backs produce maybe closer to the level of Oregon and Minnesota, who both have good run games? And as you noted, the other teams on Ohio State's schedule, uh, not so much. They didn't face Wisconsin. You know, They didn't face, well, they did face Minnesota, but Minnesota did pretty well, and it was week one. Uh, They did not face Iowa. Uh, They really haven't faced, other than Michigan State, they really haven't faced a ton of what you and I would call quality rushing offenses. So, do they get to one thirty nine point five? Because I, I have to think. I don't know about you. I have to think if they're above one forty from their top two running backs, Michigan probably is scoring twenty five plus points. Because um, I, I, you know, with the coverage issues, us predicting a lot of passes to be thrown. If they're also throwing rushing for one hundred and forty yards or more probably a good day for Michigan's offense. Do you think they get there?
0: Uh, this is the tough one. Um, I don't, I think they'll, I don't think it'll be far off, but I'm, I'm actually going to go with the under here. So not really much to add there. I just, uh, how, how healthy is Corum? Do they trust Edwards to handle Do they trust uh, him with the ball in his hands and uh, the carry? Cause he has had a couple ball security issues. I think, Almost like think that's why they I like him more as a receiver right now out of that spot, um, and then are the creases open for Haskins? You know, I think one thing to watch, and this was noted by one of our users a few weeks ago. Haskins is still missing some cuts and some open lanes. You know, I wonder if he can, if he can take advantage of that on Saturday. Maybe he breaks off a couple longer runs. He's still, he's it's not a he's not he's hitting them most of the time, but there have been a, a few glaring misses at the line of scrimmage for him uh, the last few weeks. So I'll say lo- I'll say under, I, I, like I said, I don't think it'll be too far under, but I do think it'll be under.
1: I'm actually surprising myself. I, I'm going to be wrong in one of these directions. They're either going to throw 38 times in a game or they're going to run for more, less than 140 yards. But I'm actually going to take the, the over, um Ohio State you kind of piqued my interest so I started looking at how they graded out by pro football focus and run defense not super good 30th nationally which is quality but but if you think about like Ohio State standards some of the offenses or defenses that Michigan has run the ball on this year uh that's not as high as you would think and so I'm I'm gonna take the over. I, I I'm not super confident in it, but I, I actually think that they're going to be able to serviceably run the ball. I don't think they're gonna get over 160. If that's where the over under was at, I'd take the under pretty comfortably. But but you know they ran for like 144 against Penn State, 146 against Michigan State, uh, Wisconsin, who has an amazing amazing run defense. Ran you know Michigan ran for 112 yards. I guess the, the game situation will determine this a little bit. I mean, if Michigan is not trailing from the jump, then I think that they, they have a good chance of getting this. If they, if they are trailing from the jump, I'm just taking my L on this one. But I actually think Ohio State, you know, you, you kind of pointed out these great numbers that they've posted, not against any running backs on, uh, other than Kenneth Walker. Which, again, if they're down 28 nothing in the first quarter, it would be silly for them to try to run the ball. Other than that, they really haven't faced very many good running backs since, since those first two games. So I'm going to take so the over.
0: I, man, I want to – I keep looking. Talking about yard, team yards per carry for the season. Purdue 126, Akron 123. Penn State 116, Indiana 111, Maryland 108, Rutgers 107. Gosh, <laughs> these are the teams that Ohio State has has played. You know, these are the ones after Minnesota and Oregon. Um you know, Michigan 27th, Oregon 5th.
1: You know so, what this reminds me of? Cuz I remember it was like fame it was it was really almost infamous to Michigan fans. And actually, it actually caused us to stop writing the where Michigan ranks in each statistical category story for a couple years because fans were like, it, didn't, it doesn't matter because Michigan's past defense would always go into the Ohio State game, Right, right, right. first or second or third in like every category, right. but they hadn't faced any quarterbacks that were good. That almost reminds me of that where you almost wonder, Okay, not only are those numbers maybe inflated, but maybe they're untested in that category based right. on their season's body of work.
0: Besides the teams that, I don't know where Minnesota is on here. I think they're just. Uh, uh, they're,
1: they're, they're up high. I mean, they, they, they probably could have had 2,000-yard backs if right. Ibrahim so, had been healthy.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're talking more than half of their schedule is ranked 100th or below in the country in, in yards per carry as a team. So, and again, Michigan's played a few of these teams itself, themselves. uh, But, you know, I don't know, maybe Michigan will, I'm still going to go with the under, but that's, that's a tough base. Like just looking at these, seeing these numbers in front of me right now, just almost makes me want to change it, but uh, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. All right. Last one on this half of the episode. And I think it might touch on your key. I don't know what your, what your key to the offense is. Does Michigan average 0.05? So. More or less, it's a pick More yards per carry, sack adjusted, so not counting sacks, than Ohio State. Ohio State, I don't know if it's quietly. I always hear about their passing attack. I was very surprised to see that they lead the nation in yards per carry on the ground. Uh, We we know, we'll talk about Travion Henderson in, in a moment. We know he's extremely good, and they have a great offensive line for run blocking. Does Michigan average more yards per carry than Ohio State in this game? Your thoughts?
0: I, I just don't see it. Yeah. I just, I don't, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ohio state averages more yards per carry. So
1: I am too. They, they're number one in the country. I, they've played good run defenses too. I mean, Michigan state, Penn state, um, that those aren't, that's not a fraudulent number by any stretch. They have a very legitimate rushing attack. Steve, what was your, what's your key to Michigan's offense? I mean, you might've touched down a little bit, but, but is there, is there one that stands out to you?
0: Uh, I'm talking myself more and more into Michigan having to, th- like I said, I, I think they need to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. I think they need to loosen that front seven up. You know, I think it's it's going to have to be the opposite of what it's been for them this season. We'll see though. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I do have a hard time thinking Michigan is not going to come out and try to run the football just because they've, they've not, there's there hasn't been a game they've, gone the opposite route but at the same time you know looking at those I just I wonder if Michigan I think they think they can run the football on them so if you run the football on them and they know you're going to try to run the football on them that may open up even more things than trying to just throw it deep for the sake of for the hell of it and then you know and then using that to try to open things up a little bit more so I I do think it it is it feels like this game you know, always comes down to who runs the football better. Even though we know how great Ohio State is, uh, their passing game is, uh, so I, I do think I'm still going to go with the running game being the key for Michigan. I, I think, and it again, the other thing about the running game for both these teams does not mean the, that one of the running backs has to run for 200 yards. It, it means right, that right. it means they just have to they, they have to be effective enough to make those linebackers think for half a second or make that safety think for half a second, you know? And so that's where, you know, it's possible both these teams are going to be able to do that. So, but for Michigan, I think it's more important, you know, I, I if you have the opportunity, like that's what I keep talking, people keep saying that Michigan can't win a shootout in this game. They may not be able to, uh, but you, you can't purposely, you know, try to prolong drives necessarily. I mean, if you see opportunities to score, you ha- you have to take them. Uh, and, and
1: yes, opportunistic know, is, is key.
0: Right. It and so safe. they, they can't, I, they like, I can, I can foresee a situation. It's obviously better for Michigan the longer they are holding the football. I mean, that's not a, there's no doubt about that, but you know, I, I, you still have to, you can't play completely conservatively and, and just, go for ball control, knowing like Ohio state could score at the snap of a finger. Uh, I think we said last week going at the the recap episode is like, like I left the room three times and they had scored all three times. I left the room. So who cares if you hold, if you have an eight minute drive and get a field goal and they go down and score in 45 seconds, you know, I mean, that's so run the football, open everything up pretty basic football, one-on-one stuff. But I do think it, it holds here given that, you know, like I said, the more you look at it, it does feel like they may be susceptible uh, to giving up enough for Michigan running the football to open
1: some other stuff up. Watch them absolutely shut Michigan's rushing attack down. I mean, I feel like that would be like the the classic thing. It's like we we both like think, oh, maybe there's a you know there's this, and Michigan's game plan is you know we can only predicated go off the, on it. <laughs> we can only go off the
0: stats and and what we've seen. You know, I mean, right. they they usually the the one thing is like these teams have played a full schedule at this point. So these stats are pretty, you know, set in stone. It's not as if Ohio state is the team that's draw or like driving all of these teams to the bottom of the, you know, the bottom of the country.
1: Right. It's not just Right. So, you know, run, right? yep. So,
0: yep. You know it, it definitely, they have definitely only faced a couple of teams this season that really can actually run the ball successfully on a consistent basis. So, um, and we, again, we know Michigan's been gearing up for this game, as they, they say they have. So, you know, there's got to think there's some stuff they think they can exploit and some stuff they're going to try to exploit.
1: All right. We're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We're going to carry this conversation over to Michigan's defense and how in the world they can stop Ohio State's nation-leading offense, along with our final predictions for this game. Stay tuned with us. This is the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to start with the rushing or the passing. Michigan's defense has a, has a very big challenge. I mentioned Ohio State is number one in the country in yards per... Ohio State is number one in the country in yards per carry. They are also number one in the country in yards per play. They are also number one in the country in yards per game. Uh, I believe they are number one or top three in points per game. So let's start with CJ Stroud. No, let's start with Trayvon Henderson. Cause I know you were saying before the show, you think Ohio state's actually going to start out trying to establish the run. Does he, does Trayvon Henderson? Well, the over under here is Trayvon Henderson, 39.5 yards more than Michigan's leading rusher. In addition to that, Does it work? Is Ohio state going to be able to run the football on Michigan, maybe more effectively than, than Michigan fans realize.
0: Can we say that maybe was the one thing against Maryland that was a little,
1: I I think that's fair to say, right. Is that,
0: that Maryland, again, we just got done talking about how lowly ranked they are nationally in yards per game. You know, there's the, School of thought that Michigan, you know, did Michigan go vanilla? So did they, the, did they, the
1: stats here? Sorry, just real no. quick. Cause I also want to add Penn state into this discussion in a moment. Maryland had 181 rushing yards on 44 carries 4.1 yards per carry. That is not what they've been doing all season. Penn state also not a good rushing attack, but Kevon Lee had 88 yards on 20 carries. Uh, you know, that's and, and, and really, I mean, they ran for 109 yards. But if you go sack adjusted, it was 153 on 4.4 yards per carry. They ran the ball better than Michigan did if you take away the sacks. And so suddenly, um, you know, Indiana, eh, eh, not so much. But um, but but Penn State and Maryland, that's two weeks in a row that have had at least some success against Michigan's defense.
0: Right. So, I mean, I I, I think Ohio State will have some success running the football. Yeah, I mean – Henderson, probably. Well, Henderson or Walker, obviously, probably the best backs Michigan have faced this year. I think Henderson's the most talented. Walker might be the most polished, like the best at this point in his career. But, you
1: know, Henderson's receiving, not that this is what the over under is, but I didn't realize he had 230 yeah. yards receiving. No, he can play. Like, he's legit.
0: Like, he was a guy like Michigan's numbered the one and two backs on their board in that cycle were Donovan or Travion Henderson, Donovan Edwards. Michigan was like, I think the first or second. Yeah, they score were for Travion Henderson. early
1: on Henderson. Yeah,
0: like they yeah. had him, they had him eyed for a long time.
1: You could almost argue they did Ohio State a favor. Well, <laughs> I funny, him so funny quickly. thing is
0: I, I, I honestly think if Henderson, and I know it's it doesn't say much, but you're talking about a guy who ended up having like 40 plus offers. Uh, I think if he hadn't gone to Ohio State, I think it would have been Michigan. Honestly, I would, I would argue Michigan, Finished second in that recruitment. Uh, He had a really good relationship with the staff. Any, anyway, either way, not surprised that he is has walked in and been as effective as he's been. So there's a combination of just his talent, plus the other, and what I think this entire game boils down to uh, is with Ohio State's offensive line. I think they'll that they've they continue to just probably not get enough. Appreciation uh, for what they do for this offense. So, you know, I, I do think that they'll be able to run the football pretty effectively. And again, like I said, does Henderson go for one sixty and a couple scores? Maybe I, he doesn't have to though. Uh, and that's where Ohio State benefits is they need to have even less of a rushing attack than Michigan does. They just need Michigan just honestly has to know that Henderson is there. And it might open some stuff up. So, so yeah, I, I think I don't. We on an over under? I, I
1: that's a tough one.
0: I'll still say under. I don't think he gets that many more yards than Michigan's leading rusher, but I think he's effective though.
1: I'm going to take the over. Uh I don't, with no intended disrespect toward Teague. I, I think it is going to be Henderson in this game. I think that's who they're going to going to consistently give the ball to when they are running. So I'm going to take the over. I think he ends up having a pretty good game. Uh, this will be a big strength versus strength matchup though. Michigan ranks number six in pro football focus and run defense. You know, we can talk about the, the stats, but I, I, I kind of in this situation with all the variants of opponents, I almost want to see who's good snap snap. But Ohio State, number eight in PFF's rushing grade, And number four, in run blocking grade, that to me is is a sign that Michigan they're going to be tested really really hard here. Uh, I won't I won't uh, I won't count this as my key to the game, but that that could be a key to this matchup. Is can they stop the run and can they stop it early? Because you're right, they're going to. My guess would be that they're going to try to set up those deep crossing routes, those, those passing routes, um, kind of what Olave and and Wilson have been doing for several years, really. And so, uh, I think that's, that's something to keep an eye on. I do think Ohio state's going to have some success running the football. All right. Up next. Does CJ Stroud complete 67% of his passes? Uh, does he get to, that's kind of around the two thirds mark. Not necessarily looking at yardage just yet, but completion percentage so far this season. Uh, Ohio State at, at large, but mostly Stroud. Um, obviously, as you can imagine, they're pretty good at completion percentage. Number eight in the country, Michigan actually number eight in completion percentage allowed 67%. Did he get there?
0: Uh, this could be one of those where he's over but not by much type things. Again, I'm looking strictly – I mean, holy crap, Michigan State. Like, how terrible. 32 for 35. Yeah, Um, he
1: had twice as many touchdowns as as incompletions.
0: incompletions, But Nebraska, Penn State, both had – good amount of success against him. Um, and he did struggle early in the season, but yeah, it's, he's, ob- it's obvious. He's, I
1: think he's, what were his struggles. numbers against Penn state? I think that's, that's 22, something... for,
0: 22 for 34 for three Oh five. Uh, okay. One, I kind of, score.
1: I kind of think that's where Michigan's defense right. is at I, right. roughly that caliber.
0: Yep. Except if you're Michigan, you, you don't want a zero in the interception column. You got to force a turnover in there somewhere. So, um, I'll say over, but not by much. I think it's right around that number, actually. Like I said, Penn State, 64.7. Nebraska, 66.7. Um, you know, it's his last two games have really bumped that number up, though. I mean, he's completed, what, here we go, we just do the math real quick, 63 of his last 73 passes for 11 touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, those are video game numbers, right? So, but again, Michigan State's pass defense, literally the worst in the country, and uh,
1: I've got yeah, to that's imagine. A, that's a what intermediate level on the video game. Yeah,
0: got to imagine Purdue's pass defense is probably not much better. I mean, I'm looking right now, but either way, uh, I, I do think it's slightly over, um, but not by much. I think Michigan does a decent job in that regard.
1: I'm I'm going to take the over on this. Partly stylistically, if you're Michigan, you know what your cornerbacks' forty times are. You know what their shuttle times are, and you know what Ohio State's are. Play prevent. I mean, just just let them complete the five yard passes, and and try to avoid the thirty yard passes. It's it's easier said than done. I'm not saying that there's like you just have to pick push one button and that's what will it'll happen. But I, I have to think Michigan you know, with the with some of the some of the coverages that they've shown this season, they've almost been designed to allow a completion but not allow a big completion. I'm not I'm not sure that that's what's going to happen on Saturday, but if I were if I were to guess, maybe it's an educated, somewhat educated guess. I think that they're going to, I think Ohio State's going to be able to complete a lot of passes, and I think Michigan's priority will just be don't Nothing, No thunder dunks, right? Nothing way over the top that just cooks Michigan's defense. Could be wrong there, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I was actually surprised to see that they were eighth nationally in completion percentage allowed because it felt like during most of the season they were allowing high completion percentages but not high yards per play. Uh, maybe maybe that's changed. Maybe Maybe they're doing better than I think they are, but – I think that they'll actually be a, a fairly high completion percentage. All right, next one. Let's take a look at those receivers. Will Ohio State, the over-under is 1.5. They have three receivers who are closing in. On, well, one already has it, but, but, the, but two others closing in on 1,000 yards for the season. Will they have two players get to 100 yards receiving in this game? It really does seem, despite their depth, it really does seem like there are three receivers that they consistently and comfortably go to and so that makes me think this is an over actually I do th- I, I think there's a chance all three I don't think that there's a high chance all three get 100 yards but I think there's there's a chance um Steve what do you what do you think do do does Ohio State get multiple 100 yard receiving games in this contest
0: Somebody might have to real quick to go back to that last one uh, Purdue actually has one of the, a, a pretty solid past defense, So that's a much more impressive 31 for 38 for five touchdowns, pretty impressive in that regard. So okay. just for Good clarification purposes, but um, I'll say under, there's been a lot, there's I feel like there's been a tendency for them to have like one guy who has like a, is kind of the hot hand in a lot. But again, the last couple of weeks, you know, they've had everybody, everybody's been, you know playing really well. How did, I, I don't throw last week out. <laughs> and if I did, I mean that as a almost a compliment, but um I'll say under. I, again this could be one where I think maybe all three of them have eighty or more, like they did Well, I can look at Purdue. Smith and Jiglad 139, Wilson 126, Olave 85. You know, um again, I yeah, think Michigan, that,
1: that's that's a good
0: right. Michigan could do a little bit better. I think Michigan could do better than that, but I don't know to what level you'll stop all three of these guys. I mean, that's, it is, they're, they're legitimately a pick your poison uh, type situation. So.
1: Yeah, that's, that's just a hard one to predict because yeah, they they really could go to all three. They could go to one. I mean, they've placed, they've played good defenses, had one of those guys get 200 plus receiving yards. So it's um, something to, no, I do not envy Michigan's uh, uh, cornerbacks and, and safeties in this game. That's, that's for sure. All right, does Ohio State get 1.5 passing plays? Not just scrimmage plays, but passing plays of 49.5 yards. So do they get two or more? 49.5 is a high over-under. Ohio State um, actually very good at big plays, as you can imagine, big passing plays. They have 57 passing plays of 20 yards or more uh, that is number six in the country in terms of 50 yards or more, they are number five in the country. They have nine. So not quite one per game, but we have seen before Ohio state, very comfortable trying to test Michigan's secondary, especially when they think they have a, a speed and athleticism advantage. So do they get two passing plays of 50 yards or more? Boy, that number is so high. I'm actually going to take the under. I think they'll have several big passing plays. I don't know if they'll have two gigantic passing plays of 50 yards or more. What do you think?
0: I'll go under. They didn't even do that against Michigan State. And they had a lot
1: of big plays against Michigan State.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to go with the under on that one.
1: Fair enough. Let's Michigan has not allowed one all season. They're one of nine teams in the country that have not allowed a pass play of 50 yards or more this season. So, you know, the
0: jinx crowd is.
1: Killing yeah, that's true. That's that true. Right yeah. <laughs> oh, it is what it is. All right. Last over under, and then we'll talk about our keys. score difference will be less than 14 points sometime in the second half. So we don't have to give away our predictions just yet, but in the second half, is it within two touchdowns at one point? I, we'll reveal more with my prediction in a moment. I'm actually going to take the yes on this one. I think perhaps it's early in the second half, but I think that there will be a point where this isn't an absolute blowout. I'd be curious to like look up, I think pretty much every year, except maybe 2019 and I think every other year it's been close entering the second half. It's more the second half is when Ohio State's speed and talent and and it just you know they, they just never stop they can keep their foot on the gas it seems like the second half is when things start to get out of control I think Michigan's been fairly close at halftime in all of these games so I'm going to take the yes Steve where are you at with this one
0: I'll take the yes as well I, I pretty much with you all the way on that one I you're right I mean there's yeah the, a lot of these games have played out Pretty similarly, Michigan plays really
1: well, not really well. They play well in the first half. Everyone's you know, like, oh, man, this is surprise, you know, like yep, the Feigned yep. surprise. And then, um, a couple,
0: then a turnover early in the, in the second half. And then, and then whoever's playing running back for them runs like a 75-yard touchdown halfway through the fourth quarter and just yeah. completely <laughs> blows the game wide open. So, you know, well, these games have been very similar. But I do think, yeah, definitely within two touchdowns in the second half for sure.
1: Yeah, fourth quarter would be an interesting Yes or no, because um, that, that, I think, is a little bit more debatable. Steve, I didn't hear you say a key to, the, to, to the Michigan's defense. I, so I'm wondering if you and I have the same key. It was not including the over-unders. But in these kind of games, your best players have to play like your best players. And, and not only are Michigan's best players, who I, I'm, I'm calling Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo two of their top three or four best players at this point they're also really high rate, highly rated NFL draft prospects. And that doesn't usually matter during the season, but against Ohio State with all the athleticism they have on the offensive line, the strength, size, athleticism, being an NFL-ready defensive end or edge defender, I think that that actually means there's even more pressure on you to produce because some teams have good defensive ends who their skills might not translate to the NFL. Michigan has two guys who should be – good no matter who they're facing in college the biggest key to this defense for me is produce i don't know seven plus quarterback pressures from hutchinson and ajabo i I think it's it's easier said than done ohio state's offensive line is really good but stroud his numbers are his numbers are actually still fine in pressure but they're definitely a step down 30, 40 points in, in passer efficiency rating. And he just really hasn't faced a ton of pressure this season. So to me, that's the biggest key to the defense is, is if Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo look like all Big Ten defensive ends, look like top 10 NFL draft picks, I, I think some of these absurd video game numbers are reduced to more human pedestrian numbers for Stroud. Your thoughts? I, I don't think there's any...
0: There is now again. I think it's it's important for Michigan. I think, I think when Ohio State tries to run the ball early, like Michigan, this is Michigan has to get them. And I know this is like this is the thing that like the analysts will say it'll be like on the graphic, and you'll be like, yeah, no duh, Uh, Michigan has to produce some second and third and longs to let Hutchinson Ojabo just just go after the quarterback. the, the the stat about this whole game that is like I keep thinking about is that she, CJ Stroud only has four rushing yards this year. That is insane. And it speaks a lot.
1: And, and even sack adjusted. Right. That's, you know, everyone right. would think oh, that means he got sacked a bunch. Sack adjusted 59 rushing yards the right. whole season. That's nothing. Right. And has, like tripled that.
0: So to me, again, and it goes back that to me, that says more about the protection he's had up front all year than anything else. Watch him against Minnesota. He didn't look good at all in that game, but he had a pocket all day. And my thought the whole season with him was if, if he's going to be fine because his offensive line is going to afford him enough protection on a week-to-week basis for him to get more comfortable, it's exactly what's happened. It, it, Michigan gives them a challenge on the edge that they haven't faced all year, to my knowledge, I mean, Michigan might have the best one-two edge combo in the country. Um, they have they have to get to him. I mean, it's 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 it goes without saying, but it is it's the key, uh, as obvious as it may be. It really is because if he's not a guy that you're you're too worried is going to hurt you with his feet. If they put pressure on, they can create some mistakes. You know, I know that's what Nebraska. I, I remember watching a lot of that game. That's what Nebraska really really had him off of his rhythm. Now, again, they were without, without Garrett Wilson, but that's the other thing is even without that, I don't really look at that as like an excuse. I know how to say that because you still have for two first round draft picks at receiver that you can throw the ball to. And your, your fourth receiver was the number one wide receiver prospect in the country in his recruiting cycle. So, you know, they got a lot, they got a decent amount of pressure on him and, and he looked he looked pretty uncomfortable in that game. So I think Michigan has, that's why I think it's, it's important to slow Henderson down so that on second and third down, Michigan can just send their edges to the quarterback and, and get after him, you know, because he, again, he's, he's that four yards is just, it's just crazy to me. It just says a lot about, you know, how it, he has life. Life is easy back there for him. I like the, right. that, was, that was the biggest thing about the Michigan state game. It, as and again, the guy made a lot of really good throws, but he had he had a giant pocket. It really, you know, it reminded me of Dwayne Haskins against Michigan um, in eighteen, I think it was, where yeah. played four quarters, and his jersey was as white as the game as the game ended as it was when the clock when the game started, and that's what Stroud looked like last week, where it was like you're not going to stop them if, if you go, don't get any pressure on them, because that's where that athleticism at, at, on the edges will just, you can only cover guys that athletic for that for so long. So, yeah, because if they can get some pressure on him, I think they can bring him down. I mean, you know, I don't, maybe there's some wrinkle in there. Maybe he will try to scramble a little bit more. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something Ohio State will, thinks that, you know, maybe they can kind of catch Michigan off guard with that a little bit, but, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to come down to, you know, like you said, uh, best players need to play their best game in this one for Michigan, and, and more than ever because it's that's kind of always quietly been really maybe one of the bigger differences in this game is that we've seen a lot of great Michigan players who have, have not had a great game against Ohio State, whereas their best players tend to kind of shine in this game. So, yeah, it's all on Hutchinson and Ajabo, I think or at least it's on the, the whole unit to keep them at second and seven, third and seven, and let those guys try to, you know, make some plays on the edge.
1: Yeah. Real quick, the, the CJ Stroud passing numbers. When the pocket is clean, which has occurred 78% of the time, which is absolutely insane to me. Uh, he is 209 for 278, 75.2% completion percentage, For twenty eight hundred twenty eight yards, ten point two yards per attempt, thirty one touchdowns, three interceptions. Elite Heisman, Heisman caliber numbers. When he the offensive
0: offensive line should get the Heisman. Yeah, you know. Again, I don't want to make this sound like I'm uh, that I'm diminishing uh, Stroud's ability at all. It's just no,
1: he's very good. You
0: you just said seventy eight percent of the time when he drops back. He has a clean pocket. That is, that's outrageous when you have those other, when you have, you know, Garrett Wilson or Olave, you know, it's just, that's, it's, yeah. I mean, it it really comes down to getting to him.
1: Yep. When he's under pressure, which as we mentioned, it's 22% of the time, uh, 37 for 69, 53.6% completion percentage, 640 yards, which is actually quite a bit, 9.3 yards per attempt. So he's had some deep plays. Only five touchdowns, two interceptions. He is not the Heisman – well, I don't want to say he's not the Heisman frontrunner if, if he doesn't have Ohio State's offensive line. But, but it's clear his numbers are, are bananas when it's kept clean. And that's, that's a credit to him. But I think the percentage of time he's, he does have a po- clean pocket is a huge credit to the offensive line. So to me, I'm not saying if Michigan gets a bunch of pressure that they're guaranteed to win. But I think that's a, that's a tremendous difference um, where I think – I mean, his, his passer rating drops 40-plus points in those two categories based on whether it's, it's, it's a clean pocket or not. All right, Steve, it's prediction time. Some of your final thoughts on this game and, and your final score prediction for Michigan versus Ohio State.
0: I've already said everything I think I wanted to say about this game. I think, you know, Michigan's due. I feel like, but they—you could argue—they've been due for like twelve years. Um, I like the—I like this team's approach. I've liked this team's approach all year, and I do think they're built in a way that can they can challenge Ohio State a lot differently than they've been able to in the past. But just talking about those those. There, I, Again, I, I that's the first thing I wrote. I think I wrote it immediately after the Maryland game. It's like Ohio State's offensive line doesn't get nearly enough love uh, at a national level. It's always about the quarterback and their receivers. Um, but, you, you know, you have a quarterback who's not even a rushing threat at all is putting up those kinds of statistics. It's because he's he can, he has a giant pocket to operate in and wait for one of these you know, five-star guys that they've recruited at receiver to get open. I think Michigan does almost, and I don't think they quite do enough. I, I've said I, my whole, my prediction all week has been 38 to 31 Ohio State. I think Michigan plays this. I think this game is in doubt in the fourth quarter. I think it is a close game. I do not think, I don't think Ohio State like blows them out. I think people are, that's the other thing though is like, I don't think that Ohio State is this like the unbeatable juggernaut that maybe they've been in the past. I think there are more holes in their team. And I don't – I also – I think Michigan is more capable of hitting them in the mouth than a lot of other teams have been, if not anybody else on their schedule. Um, Interested to know if Josh Gaddis called Joe Moorhead at all this week uh, with all the success. You know, that was the thing about Oregon, ran the football – Really, really well in that game. I know Ohio State's adjusted, but like we said, we just rattled off where these the teams that they've played are statistically. Um, but no, I'm going to say 38, 31 Ohio State. Just you know, they're just they're they are just they are they not have that much talent, and I, I think Michigan is is better equipped to face them. But I just I'm going to go with the talent in the end, and I think I think the Buckeyes uh, pull it out.
1: Interesting about Joe Moorhead. I hadn't thought about. It. He has like half of Ohio state's regular season losses in the past, like five, six years <laughs> been to been to Joe Moorhead's offenses. You know, a couple other things I'm keeping an eye on here. I, I can't remember which reporter. So forgive me. If I'm discrediting. I don't, I don't mean this on purpose. I saw an Ohio state reporter tweeted out yesterday that Ohio state only has one player starting on Saturday who started against Michigan that can't be right it, it, they ha- they don't have a lot of starters who started against Michigan in 2019 it can't be just one player i, I can think of a couple uh, off the top of my head but it's yeah. it's not many more i don't I, steve i don't know if you happen to have the number or anything but
0: um no but it is low you know that game being missed yeah. last they they are they're not young but that's the thing about when they're so loaded is the guys that come in ready to play next are already like juniors.
1: Right. You know, they like Garrett to... Wilson's going to declare for the draft, right? right. So, right. It's a, uh, so, so it's not a high number of starters. I think, you know, Olave is someone who's played in it. Uh, Thayer Munford's another guy who, who has played in it. But it, it might not be more than a handful of guys. So there are going to be, there is going to be some newness, inexperience. No, they're too far in the season for it to be inexperienced. But this, is, this game is a little different. Michigan will have to deal with it too, but but they have players who were around a couple years ago. I think about Aiden Hutchinson. Think about um, Andrew Stuber, Hassan Haskins. You know, there's the Daxton Hill. There's there's a few guys who who have been a part of this. Um, Both teams are going to have to overcome it, but but I I think Ohio State. Not only that, they also haven't really played a true road test. This season, Oregon was at home. Penn State was at home. Michigan State was at home. Now Nebraska, I think Nebraska has a great atmosphere, but they played Nebraska when they were kind of they're already down. You know, the season was kind of already over for the Cornhuskers. It was a day. I guess they're both day games, but it wasn't like this charged atmosphere of 110,000. It was it was 85,000. It wasn't the same. Their other road games have been at Minnesota. At Indiana, at Rutgers, they haven't, they haven't played in, in an atmosphere in a setting like Michigan since the national title game, but not every player who's starting on Saturday started or played a key role in that game. So I'm keeping a close eye on that. just you know, I, I think there's a chance Ohio State could trip up or stumble early. And it's up to Michigan to, to find a way to deliver. That said, I am going to believe Michigan can beat Ohio State in the second half of a football game when I see it. Because we have seen, I don't, I don't have the number handy, but the scoring margin in the second half has been pretty much the scoring margin of the, of the game in several of these years. So you know, Michigan, I, 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 I'm almost tempted to take them to, to lead at halftime. I'm not quite there yet. But I think they'll be very much in this game entering halftime. I think I think where things get dicey is Ohio State has the talent, the speed, and the depth to keep their foot on the gas all game. And I don't know if Michigan can, can keep up. We've seen them struggle a little bit in fourth quarters. I don't think it's necessarily a talent, speed, depth, endurance thing, but Nebraska, Michigan State, uh, Penn State, right? Three, three of their closest or toughest games this season were around midway through the third quarter, and you could argue Maryland kind of did. That game wasn't close, but but they started to have some success in that about midway through that third quarter. Kind of start to to eat at Michigan's defense a little bit, and I think that's that's really when Ohio State starts to look like Ohio State in my in my, in my prediction. So I am going Ohio State forty-two. Michigan, 27. So I, I, I think Steve and I probably have similar halftime predictions, but I, I do think Ohio State, it's, as we kind of alluded to, there's that long rushing play. There's the turnover by Michigan when they need a, a touchdown. And then Ohio State scores again and, and kind of puts it out of reach. That is, that is my, my current score prediction. But we'll see what happens. We did outline a lot of opportunities where Michigan could seize Maybe some some slip ups or or opportunities that Ohio State presents. A
0: few quick things real quick. One, this this is the first the big games between these two teams are oh, it's always in Columbus. So it's finally in Ann Arbor. You know, we'll see if that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, Game Day's first trip to Ann Arbor from Michigan, Ohio State since two thousand and seven. Wow. So you think about how many times Game Day has been I was there.
0: That's why I was that's why I was going Ohio to school. State. That's, that's when I was at Michigan. I mean, that's how long ago it was. Um, can Michigan play their best game of the year in this game? Another thing they have not done in years. Maybe 16 the last time. But even then, you know, fumble at the goal line, like pick six, like
1: just I keep going. Also back a and, much healthier Michigan team than usual. Yes, in this
0: game. yes. But then the other, the other stat too, and I'm interested to see if it's a, Ohio State has only lost two fumbles all season. That's it. Like, outrageous statistic to have only lost two fumbles all year. So, are, does that mean turnovers are going to be hard to come by, or does that mean is there some law of averages? Can Michigan knock the ball out? You know, get loosen up a couple. You know, can Ojabo do his magic around the edge and and, and force a fumble in there, and will Michigan recover it? So. That was another stat I mentioned earlier. And they, they earlier. have
1: eight they have eight fumbles on the season but they've only lost two. Right. That's so something to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah. So just interesting things. There are a lot of intangible things that are maybe going in Michigan's direction in this game like I said. it just it feels like they're due to play their best game in this game. They if they're at home. Yes, I'm sure there'll be a decent Ohio State contingent there. There always is. But there'll still be a raucous atmosphere. So um yeah, no, I'm excited. It's always exciting when these two teams play and everything's on the line. I mean, that's what uh, it's kind of what it's all about. So should be a yep. should be an interesting day on Saturday.
1: Yeah one one more stat regarding the home home field thing. This is the first time Michigan is hosting Ohio State with zero or one losses on the season since 1997. So that's it's been a long time since there was. I guess this much excitement. I don't know if there's this much excitement about this Michigan team, but but uh, just because I think I think people actually are just traumatized by the losses to Ohio State, but but still, uh, in terms of I mean, internally it, yeah. in the program, they're fired up. This is going to be seen as a well, it's seen as a playoff game, really. And and I know Jim Harbaugh kind of got mocked on on Twitter for what he said, but he's right. This is this is absolutely this is a quarterfinal game. 100%. They will have to. Someone's going to have to win the Big Ten next week. But at the same time, the winner of this game has a absolute driver's seat to the college football playoff. And and, you know, they're they're going to have a lot of trophies this season. And the loser, not a bad season, not a bad team. But but they're playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game and not much else. Anyways, we'll see what happens on the field. Lots of preview coverage coming. As you can tell, Steve and I had a lot to say. A lot of different angles. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Hopefully you enjoy our stories over at Sports michigan.247sports.com. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you have fun. Hope you learned something. And we will see you after the game